Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about ovarian torsion. And if you want to find written notes on this topic, you can find them at zerodefinals.com slash ovarian torsion or in the gynecology section of the Zero to Finals obstetrics and gynecology book. So let's get straight into it. Ovarian torsion is a condition where the ovary twists in relation to the surrounding connective tissue, fallopian tube and blood supply. And the connective tissue, fallopian tube and blood supply together are called the adenexa. Ovarian torsion is usually due to an ovarian mass larger than 5 centimeters, such as a cyst or a tumour. It's more likely to occur with benign tumours. It's also more likely to occur during pregnancy. Ovarian torsion can happen with normal ovaries in young girls before menarche, before their first period. And this is because girls before their first period, before puberty, have longer infundibulopelvic ligaments that hold the ovaries in place. And this means the ovary can twist more easily. Twisting of the adenexa and the blood supply to the ovary leads to ischemia. If the torsion persists, necrosis will occur and the function of that ovary will be lost. Therefore, ovarian torsion is an emergency where a delay in treatment can have significant consequences. Prompt diagnosis and management is essential. So how does it present? The main presenting feature is sudden onset, severe unilateral pelvic pain. Typically, the pain is constant, gets progressively worse and is associated with nausea and vomiting. The pain is not always severe and ovarian torsion can take a milder and more prolonged course. Occasionally, the ovary can twist and then untwist intermittently, causing pain that comes and goes. On examination, there will be localised tenderness and there may be a palpable mass in the pelvis, although the absence of a mass does not exclude the diagnosis. So how is a diagnosis made? A pelvic ultrasound scan is the initial investigation of choice. Transvaginal is the ideal way to do the scan, but transabdominal can be used where transvaginal is not possible. The ultrasound scan may show the whirlpool sign, free fluid in the pelvis and edema of the ovary. Performing Doppler studies may show a lack of blood flow to the ovary. A definitive diagnosis is made with laparoscopic surgery. So how is ovarian torsion managed? Patients need emergency admission under the gynecology team for urgent investigation and management. Depending on the duration and the severity of the illness, they require laparoscopic surgery to either untwist the ovary and fix it in place, which is called detorsion, or remove the affected ovary, which is called oophorectomy. The decision whether to save the ovary or remove it is made during the operation, based on a visual inspection of the ovary. Laparotomy may be required if there's a large ovarian mass or malignancy is suspected. So what are the complications? A delay in treating ovarian torsion can result in a loss of function of that ovary. The other ovary can usually compensate, so fertility is not typically affected. Where this is the only functioning ovary, loss of function leads to infertility and menopause. Where a necrotic ovary is not removed, it may become infected, develop an abscess and lead to sepsis. Additionally, it may rupture resulting in peritonitis and intraabdominal adhesions. 
So thanks for listening to this episode on Ovarian Torsion. As always, a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about Asherman Syndrome.